0: Welcome back to another episode of the Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy... Into the night, one minute of screen time per episode. Um, this particular minute,
1: well, who are we? Who are, who are is people going listening to, be to? Brought to you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. By myself, Rudy Thornburg, and my friend and um, I don't want to say co-host because it's not like I'm the host and he's the co-host. What's the word for like shared, equal hosting credits? We both co It's not a triumvirate because there aren't three of us. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it's definitely not a triumvirate. That's what I'm saying. I'll acquiesce.
0: Except for me. You forgot about me. Okay, (laughs) Okay, we're a triumvirate.
1: (laughs) I'm Rudy Thornburg. He's Christopher Frayne. We normally do a podcast called Open the Podcast Doors." Hal, and uh, that... That podcast looks at Stanley Kubrick's 2001: A Space Odyssey.
0: That podcast can't hurt you anymore. Yeah, that
1: that podcast is gone now. <laughs> um, but we're taking a break. Um and so we're having some fun doing some uh, you know, some source material that's a little off the Stanley Kubrick path of glory. I'm surprised um, he's not in this. Kubrick? Yeah. Yeah, he plays the drug dealer. We just said goodbye to. <laughs> Actually, he's in this minute. Um, he's very polite. Not Kubrick, the drug dealer. Oh, okay. He's very polite. You know, Goldblum says no, thank you, right? And then he's like, "All right, well, no problem, man. Anyway, give me a call." He gives him a card.
0: Not, not to backtrack too much. I just want to let people know we're we're covering minute thirty-five. Yeah, of Into the Night. Okay,
1: it's the one so, that starts with Jeff Goldblum saying a polite no, thank you to the drug dealer. Right, and, and then that the drug dealer is
0: that is me at every party i've been to where someone is passing around a, a smokable substance let's mm-hmm. say and i actually use provolone provolone and i actually <laughs> say the phrase no thank you because that's who i am i am a i'm a polite person and every time i get a double take of like first of all no they're like
1: wait a minute sir this is free drugs right
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, but I think it's also the politeness that throws them off and, and the, um, the very formal no thank you that I give. And I don't, I, it's not with attitude. I don't go, no thank you. It's not like that. I just go, oh, yeah, no thank you. Yeah. And, uh, but it always gets me a double take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, like I can relate he, to Goldblum in this yeah. scene is my point.
1: The dealer has a business card. He does. That's a wacky thing. I I he's was got hoping, a business card. They're businessmen. You it know? says
0: Bruce Foxton, bass player, the Jam, drug dealer.
1: Yeah, I um, I was hoping that was going to come into play later, like the oh. card falls out of his jacket or whatever. Oh, but he's not wearing his, he's not wearing his tie. I was wrong about that, and he is wearing a jacket, and it's not green and it's not sand. It's dark it? brown, chocolate kind of color. Oh, Okay, yeah, the corduroy. I know it blazer. was an
0: earth tone
1: yeah no absolutely yeah tan toyota you don't like earth tones no i love earth tones i really really do not particularly in clothing and i prefer if you can believe it a bolder earth tone and i'm not not talking about your former place of residence yeah um in any case uh he says no to the drugs big mistake uh drug dealer walks away cheerfully skipping along after having given him the business card Giving him yeah. a business.
0: Then what happens, Chris? Uh, and then Michelle Pfeiffer says, uh, as Diana. Hi, I d- I I'm Diana. I Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who those men are. If you want to leave, go ahead. Right. So, oh my gosh, Goldblum finally yeah. has the opportunity to just get out of this car on the sidewalk in front of Fredericks of Hollywood and the magic shop. Yep. In front of, among all those prostitutes and drug dealers, and drug dealers, call yeah. a cab, and have the Fire weekend a, he and, was meant
1: to have when he pulled up to the airport in the is first a place. I mean, it's not a Tuesday with street traffic like this. I don't know.
0: I really don't know. And before he can do that, smash cut. Well, we hear gunshots. Yeah, bang bang, and then smash cut to a scene in front of a beauty pageant of like a hotel or a casino. It's, it's a casino. Yeah. And we see, well, first of all, that was weird. Cause I'm like 1985, there definitely weren't any casinos in Los Angeles. Right. There was no real, st- there were no guns. There either. were no, there, you know, there were a lot actually. Uh, there were no, uh, mainland United other than in Las Vegas or right. Nevada. Yeah. There were no casinos in the United States in 1985, to my knowledge. Um, and a bunch of bikini clad women running out of a building, ah! screaming and some other people too. Um, and falling over each other. And then a crazed
1: gunman comes out with the holding a pistol to the head of one of the beauty pageant yeah.
0: Contendants. Now I Contenders. will admit contestants on first viewing. God, I'm tired for a few- <laughs> <laughs> you haven't slept in days have you you're, 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 you're so I method slept in days. <laughs> you're so method yeah. about podcasting that yeah. you're trying to um uh emulate Jeff Goldblum's character yes this. yeah um I'll admit I was legit confused by this jump cut on first view I was wondering
1: if it was the uh, facade of Fredericks of Hollywood right right so so kudos
0: to Landis no, no no. Kudos! What? What? Did, what was the great trick that he that was off? a setup? And you thought that you for a second? I thought mm-hmm. I won't say you. I'll say I. I thought the gun the gunshots were coming from inside Fredericks of Hollywood, mm-hmm. and that uh, several dozen people were spilling out of it. Yeah. And, to and, what end? That this is like somebody well, because, jumping
1: out from behind a corner and screaming at you, and kudos to them for
0: surprising you. Well, because the, 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 the seconds before that happened, Michelle Pfeiffer saying, I don't know who those men were and we know that they're dangerous dudes. Yeah. They're foreigners. Well, I didn't write this
1: movie. I'm Bruce McGill in- did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So anyways, it, they are pouring out of something called the Miss galaxy beauty pageant. I was hoping to see some people with some
1: like springy antenna coming out of the Miss Galaxy a, beauty pageant. Uh, real
0: underrepresentation of cartoon aliens, yeah, <laughs> from the nineteen fifties. <1950s. laughs> Did they have springs back in the fifties? No springs.
1: No springs.
0: <laughs> so then, yeah, and you got the guy holding a gun to one of the contestants, mm-hmm. and then we hear and cut. And the guy like stops acting with the word
1: and Does like he? his facial you expression changes and he looks up like right as yeah, the guy don't do that. It. If by the Jesus. way, if you're an actor,
0: don't yeah. act. It's, it's like they say in football, play through the whistle. Yeah. Um, if you're an act and I'm sure there are other metaphors for that in other sports. It's all about the follow through. Yeah. Do not stop at and. Yeah. You got a yes and.
1: It's like in Wayne's World when they count down and the last couple numbers are silent. It's like they it's it's like they say cut and then you count those in numbers four, and three, then you stop two.
0: acting.
1: And then Garth's head is still nodding. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so when I watched this and, and was getting ready for the, this podcast, I noticed that this is a trope that started to appear to my remembrance in in eighties movies, where you'd have a scene, then you would jump cut to another scene that could plausibly be from the movie you were wa- you're watching, and then the, either the camera pulls out or pans over, and you realize you're watching something on TV, yeah, or you're watching something on a movie screen. I don't. I think this is the only example that comes to mind where it's a movie scene being filmed however now that i think about it i I want big adventure well yep Pee Wee's big adventure um i mean it's it's one of the it's when he ends up on the studio lot
1: i'm trying to reverse engineer this because i'm trying to think of examples and they always end up in a trailer if right. they're on a set, like five minutes later they're going to a trailer or they're in a trailer, right. and I'm trying to get to those scenes and then come back.
0: I want to say there's there are scenes in Body Double, the mm-hmm. Brian De Palma movie, yeah. that are like this where like you have a legit, like suspenseful scene and then you see something horrible, but it turns out it that that's in a movie. Um and there was one other example I had on the tip of my tongue and I cannot remember it. Probably FX with Yeah, that, that might what's be What's his it. name, Quaid? Quaid. I was thinking of Open James Woods, mind. but that's because I confuse <laughs> FX with video drum for some reason. Yeah. The eighties were a heady, a heady time, man. But all of these movies, it's almost like they have to be um they have to be LA based. Like the story in them has to be mm-hmm. LA based for then that trope to work. Yeah. Uh, where they're cutting, and I don't remember this happening before the '80s. I can't think of any '70s movies, but by all means, if you can write in, uh, maybe on the Facebook group, which is called "The King Lives Limo."
1: Well, the '80s are like that is that is the spearhead of the movement of Hollywood having its head up its own and making movies about making I have to movies. That. I'm sorry about that. That's no, okay. Um, and, and this this movie is like just it's a prime example of that because it exists only to show you movie people and to have movie people in it. But I think the eighties is the time where it was like, Oh, isn't that cute and novel to have movie making in the movie? Um, whereas, um, before that, you know, if you look at American cinema in the seventies, it's very dour and it's very right. gritty and it's right. slow and it's this and that. Uh, whereas the eighties are, you know, fun time. we're not really, there's not really a pretense of producing art. This is all a whimsical, wacky, fun ride. It's more spontaneous. Right.
0: And then there's what's close to, what's related to this is like the breaking the fourth wall in like a movie. I was just on the wilder ride and we're talking about blazing saddles mm-hmm. and there's, there's the whole like epilogue to blazing saddles where they break the fourth wall and it, it, it just, the action spills into reality mm-hmm. apart from the movie. Um, which is also in uh, is it Purple Rose of Cairo where they do that too? Where like the characters I do not come out of the screen and um, I think I've got that wrong. No, I will. I'll, we'll look it up. Anyways, did so, you when you
1: saw um, the Usual Suspects? Were you surprised yes. when? Yes. Okay, so if the whole movie just shows you and tells you one version of the story. Is it all of a sudden magically kudos to the filmmaker for having tricked you when the only thing that they supplied you and gave you to go on was this one
0: story? I don't appreciate your ruse. (laughs) 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 Sorry, that's a callback to our other podcast, which is not about clerks.
1: Um, But that's kind of how I feel with this. Like, okay, yeah, you, you did a thing. Like, I'm watching it. It's not like I'm watching five versions of this story simultaneously. And I picked one to follow and say, that's the most likely it one. G-
0: all it does is it gives you, it gives you a momentary jolt. Yeah. As a way of a, 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 a fake, uh, what, is it, what do they call them? Cat scare. Like an alien, a jump scare. Yeah, jump scare, yeah. You know. a
1: jump scare was the first thing that came to mind yeah. when you when you said that. Yeah, and I didn't want to use that as a reference, but I did give you the real life example because right. I thought that Jumping was more impactful. That doesn't take any talent or skill. It's not. It doesn't add to
0: something. I think it's an interesting way of getting from one scene to another. You know what I need to do, especially is if that scene, the 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 scene coming up next is set on a Hollywood set.
1: I feel like. Uh, I need to rewatch this movie with 1985 eyes where I haven't seen a lot of these editing tropes and whatnot uh, already happen a lot of times. And so I can be less cynical and irritable and negative about it. So apologies to anybody who's enjoying this movie and uh, having to listen to me rant uh, unnecessarily passionately critically. and critically over yeah. it. Yeah. It's just a movie guys. It's just a movie. We watch movies all the time and there are plenty of movies that I love that are we've also
0: had a bad streak of, of movie. Watching <laughs> we've tried to recently. watch several
1: movies recently and we didn't we've enjoy them, on very all much. Of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we turned on each other towards the end of several <laughs> of them, but we got together today. We were calling a, uh, um, you know, truce so that we can be productive and fulfill our contractual obligations. Don't let my over the top, Criticism or negativity color your enjoyment of this film nor your opinion of me except that i can occasionally be more negative and critical than is appropriate i'm passionate about movies though so when i'm feeling like somebody's not really doing their best work
0: we're also in the middle of doing a movies by minute podcast of the greatest work of art that may also that uh, of 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 the the 20th 20th century. century so our bar is kind of high right now, and you're just <laughs> going to have to cut us some slack. Um, yeah. So apparently, the movie that we're seeing, a TV show rather mm-hmm. that we're seeing being filmed, is called Kalijack. Is that some sort of John Landis reference? I mean, it's obviously he was a, hoping to get a spinoff. It's it's a play on on Kojak. and Callahan from the um, uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry,
1: yeah. Maybe that's it, Callahan. Yeah, okay. Because look, he has an oversized pistol. Yeah, Salt. Uh,
0: yeah, boom. Um, Between the two of us, we have yeah. one brain. Yeah. Uh, the psycho guy—that's what I called him. I, I forget what he's how he's referenced because he says ah, I could be. do
1: it more crazy, more right. crazed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, is played by Colin Higgins. He is a writer and occasional director of several. Films, notably Best Little Horror House in Texas. I've never actually seen that. Never seen it. No. Walked past it in the video store a lot of times as a kid. Yeah, and wondered, hmm, what might that contain? Probably nothing very interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, another Dolly Parton vehicle, 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. He was the writer and director of that. What about Rhinestone? Uh, no. Oh. No. the Your streak ran out there. God. Speaking of streaks, he also wrote Silver Streak Mm -hmm. with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. That movie is very bad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember much from it, but I remember watching it. Yeah, it's on like Showtime. It is a lot like this movie in the
1: sense that, like, oh, we're on this journey and things keep happening and they're meant to be charming and novel and intriguing and interesting. And oh my gosh, and what's going to happen next? But it doesn't add up to anything. Yeah. Buckaroo Banzai,
0: I'm looking at you. He wrote and directed directed foul play. Do you remember that? That was a Chevy chase movie in the late seventies. And yeah, also kind of an action or not action, uh, a thriller comedy kind of movie. I remember I wasn't allowed to watch.
1: I'm that. sure that uh, I've seen it. I, I really enjoy those eighties. Um, yeah. Uh, Chevy was, chase movies.
0: Yeah. I want to say that was like late seven. I'm sure you're right. I think um, it's him and Goldie Hawn maybe in that. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's Kurt Russell overboard. That, no, I need to. Uh, I would like to watch that. Do you know he was even surprisingly Funny Farm from ninety one or whenever it came out? I don't remember when that came out. Ninety
0: five. That there's actually some some good comedy in there. Funny yeah. Farm's just, you know actually a funny movie. And the final writing credit for Colin Higgins that I I pulled out for this podcast. Let me guess. Please do because this is it's not obscure. The Crumps. Oh, not a professor too, the Clumps. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, Willow. No. Harold and Maud. Mhm. Cult favorite. Yeah. It, it seems like millennials have really rediscovered Harold and Maud.
1: You know, did, did he work on uh I had never Coming of Home of it, because I, the th-
0: no, I, I don't believe I so. think
1: there's some cross-pollination between Harold and Maud and Coming Home. Okay
0: but I can't remember who I don't remember seeing. I would have written that down for sure. Yeah, but I don't remember seeing that and uh, the person he's holding at gunpoint. That is the character Christy who is the sister in in terms of the story of this film. Yeah, of Michelle Pfeiffer's character Diana. So Christy's the sister and we we see more of her later on Uh, that Christy is played by Catherine Harold. Uh. She did mostly TV work, uh, the Larry Sanders show. She was on that, which I need to watch. I've heard it's really good yeah. and, and would be right up my alley. Uh, here's a good one. I wrote it down purely based on the way the title sounds. It was a 1985 TV show, same year as Into the Night. Mm-hmm. McGruder and Loud. Huh. I that was a that TV is. show? McGruder and Loud. Uh, she was also in the movies Raw Deal. Do you remember Raw I love Raw, Raw Deal? Deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that makes one of... Produced by the Martha
1: world. Schumacher. Um, it's got so many of my favorite classic lines in it. It's a very low-budget movie. <laughs> I've like, never seen it. I, all of these... I think maybe... You know, Eraser and Last Action Hero, like I did not care about, and I didn't End see them days. when they came out. I, yeah, I definitely didn't see End of Days. I watched them recently just for, you know, for, for fun as a completist. But Raw Deal is like... That and Running Man and um, Commando. These are all like the perfect, like very low budget or at least low production value. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was around 10 or 12 at the time. Perfect age. Loved these movies. I thought, thought, thought they were great. Raw Deal is very funny. It has legitimately funny moments in it. He comes home. He's a small town sheriff and his wife, who is like. So depressed. She's small angry. Town sheriff. Yeah, because he they had to leave the city to take a job. You know, and I think what happened was He'll like blend
0: in. He was doing the Never. right
1: thing, like exposing some kind of corruption and they transferred him because they were going to like blackmail him or get him in trouble. But um, but they moved and he took the small town sheriff job and his wife is sitting there getting hammered, like drinking like half of a bottle of whiskey or something. And she's just finishing like a cake. And she's like drunkenly yelling at him about like happy one year anniversary in this, you know, whole town or whatever, and throws the giant chocolate cake at him. And, you know, it smears across the wall and has like a two foot chocolate, whatever mark sure. on the wall and then falls. And he kind of looks at it and watches it fall to the ground and goes, you should not drink and bake. Yeah. It's not it's great. But no. for me, it's yeah, that's it's very funny. Delivery. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. The timing is great. Yeah. So, Uh, Raw Deal. Raw Deal.
0: Yeah. She was also in... I just wrote this down because I think it's neat. Yep. The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper. You're familiar with D.B. Cooper, right? That sounds really familiar. That's the guy who... This is a 1981 TV movie, I believe. Uh, He's the one who hijacked a plane Mm -hmm. and successfully got uh, a bunch of money brought to him on the plane while it was on the ground in Portland, I believe. Yep. And then... And he said, I have a bomb. So, you, you know, uh, if you don't do what I say, I blow up the plane. And the plane then took off. He opened a door and apparently jumped out with the money. And no one, they have never found him. Oh, right on. Yeah. D.B. Cooper. It's the American dream. Uh, the namesake of. Wet Hot American Summer. Special Agent Cooper from oh, Twin Peaks. He's did not Dale B.
1: Cooper. Yeah, Dale B. Cooper. And. Yeah. So the 1959 Cadillac DeVille. Yes. Retailed going back originally to May. <laughs> 33, I believe. We see the car again, but yeah. we're not going to see it yeah. again. You this and I are going to be the King to.
0: Lives Limo.
1: Yeah. Um, it retailed for approx somewhere between five thousand five hundred and six thousand dollars back in 1959. In today's money, fifty-eight or forty-eight to fifty
0: thousand dollars. Okay. So it's comparable. It's almost an even swap. Yeah. For the know? Porsche nine two eight. Right, which was fifty five thousand in eighty five. Oh, never mind. Yeah, think of that. Yeah, so it's not really an even swap. Stupid. Yeah, but she's desperate. She needs to get out of this. I mean, one free
1: fifty thousand dollar car is as good as another free fifty thousand dollar car. No matter what year the car
0: is worth fifty thousand dollars. So moving on. Yes, the director. So this movie is nothing but cameos, right? I of, would agree of, with of you. Of industry people. Oh, the cameraman
1: as the crane is lowering. Yes. Who's that? I don't know. But but see, he I gives don't know the, either. Cause he, I didn't look him up. He gives himself a little shot of Binaca. Does he? Yes. Is that
0: still a thing? Binaca?
1: I don't know. Yeah. I remember that it was featured on the price is right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, pairing that with the uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's brother, Tossing himself the chiclets. The I'm Everyone's wondering if about... this is like an ongoing oral hygiene. Yeah. You know, be ready to make out at any point in time, you know, mm-hmm. atmosphere.
0: Huh. So the director on top of that, uh that is it a dolly or a crane? What do we call those? Things? I'll call it a crane. Crane. Uh that is Daniel Petrie. Don't act like you didn't recognize him. Inventor of the Petri dish. No. Um <laughs> Daniel Petrie director credits include rocket Gibraltar. The reason why I wrote that down, that's from 1988 is it's one of my mom's favorite films from back in those back around that time period. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching it with her and there's a scene where these children are being cute and they're filming, like they're videotaping themselves do it like really little kids And they're doing, like, a lip sync to, like, some song. I forget what it is.
1: Well, Appetite for Destruction was, like, at the top of the charts in 1988. Yeah.
0: Bangles. Right. So they're doing this, and one of the little kids is holding... A Rickenbacker four thousand. It's either a four thousand one or a four thousand three base. Mm-hmm. And I was instantly flew into a rage of jealousy. Yeah, because I was like, that's a that's a fourteen hundred dollar base. Yeah, I, 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 I give me that. If you've got that hanging around a film set to have a kid playing was on, was it the fire glow or was it black? It, I actually, this was the eighties, so I think it was like when they were experimenting with just like those solid like a solid white the color natural with black white, binding you
1: know maple or ash or whatever it is Which that's I, my favorite I had one i one
0: of those oh my but it, but it was lost in a in an accident. I'll tell you about that off mic.
1: That's a bummer. But I know that feeling so, so well because I sit there and I get really pissed off. Like that guy doesn't even know how to play that guitar. Right. And then it gets blown up like four minutes later. <laughs> it makes me so mad. Like I, it's, it's a similar thing with cars. You know yeah. how you watch vintage cars get destroyed in movies all the time. Right. You kind of have to put it in the context and say oh, whatever. They had a budget. They went to it the store It was essential
0: to the plot of the film whereas this was not. That girl could have been or boy could have been holding a... Uh, you know a uh, a copy of a Stratocaster, a rogue model, <laughs> musician's friend model, yeah. uh, you know copy. But instead, she was holding a like a Rickenbacker four thousand three. Uh, we
1: just were watching the documentary about the Masters of the Universe yes. that's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they, we're at the part now. Well, we finished it, but we just watched the scene where they are talking about making that movie, mm-hmm. and. There's the, a lot of the eighty eight, six, I think it was eighty six. Oh, 86. Yeah, the, the Dolph it's Lundgren Golden one. Globus, yes, right? can, yes. Uh, canon or yeah. whatever. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of reasons to be mad at that movie. There's a lot of things that, like you know, could have been really cool about it. You know, there were a lot of good choices, and you know, th- there's things to like about it, and there's reasons to hate it. Like if you love the cartoon of He Man, this is definitely not that, it's and it kind of ruins a lot of the things that you would loved about it. So yeah. by the time I didn't even know that that movie came out, I was. You know, whatever it was, it didn't have anything to do with my enjoyment of the toys or the cartoon for me. So it was off my radar, much like Schwarzenegger uh, post, I don't know, 1990 or whatever.
0: But um, Terminator 2.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, he finally made a great movie and that's the cap for me. I haven't watched any of the new stuff that like the stuff they filmed here in Albuquerque. I I don't think I've seen any of those. Uh, Anyway we did go back and watch all the Terminator movies that came after Terminator two and they were all not good, but yeah. I had to, we just, you know, Sonny had never seen any of them anyway. Masters of the universe. The movie has the most egregious And unnecessary, so I'll go ahead and call it gratuitous. Oh, is
0: this where the music store gets blown
1: up? Destruction of highly valuable and (laughs) now totally rare vintage synthesizers. Yeah, oh yeah. There's like a Sequential Circuits Pro 1. Mm -hmm. There's a Fender Rhodes Chroma, uh, Chroma Polaris, whatever it's called. Basically an ARP synthesizer. Uh, and, And there's others that I can't think of right now, but just you see these things which in their day would have cost the same as a Honda Civic. I mean, these, right. these are like extremely valuable, very expensive synthesizers, which sound beautiful. And, I, you know, I kill to afford like much cheaper versions oh, of those yeah. things nowadays. So to see a completely nonsensical and without any reason destruction of...
0: The universe isn't fair, even when you're the if master. If I were of the, the master universe, of
1: the universe, <laughs> I would
0: have blown up some entirely different synthesizers. Some other movies that Daniel Petrie directed include six pack. Do you remember that? The Kenny Rogers, I know he's a race car driver and he ends up, he's like the father of six kids or something. No. I don't know. Or he adopts six kids or something like that. It's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, Fort Apache, the Bronx, which was kind of like, um, uh, oh, what's that John Carpenter movie, uh, assault on precinct mm-hmm. 13. do 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 do. That one. Sybil, the movie, not Sybil, the TV show, but Sybil, the movie. Uh, The spy with a cold nose. I just like the title of that. The spy who came in from the cold nose who loved me. Right. And something else featured on Mystery Science Theater. So here, I'm going to give you a clue. Actually, I'm going to give you a
1: clue. Gula girl. (laughs) San Francisco International Airport. That's it.
0: He directed that.
1: Well, Clue Gulger was in this film, and that yeah. to be honest his he was kind of my favorite part of the movie yeah, um, I liked his character, he was a bit of a bastard, um he was kind of a tough guy, um and he delivers you know one of the only satisfying plot points in the film, although it is perhaps the most generic of all plot points well
0: let's let's save our clue uh, let's save the clue Gulager content for the folks who get assigned those minutes
1: oh yeah anyway i like clue Gulager. okay he's good in this movie he's good in san francisco international airport
0: and uh sorry
1: guys not trying to steal your thunder
0: daniel petrie has a lot uh, a lot of other directing credits going all the way back to 1949 wasn't dan petrie a pitcher you're a baseball guy uh no you're thinking of dan Plezac. I'm definitely not thinking of Dan Pleasak. <laughs> so uh Psycho Guy says, I can make him more psychotic while waving the gun around into in his the face. face. Yeah. 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 Ha ha. And he kind of does that thing where he just gently, gently aims gently it away from him. Away. No, we're good. Thanks. Yeah. And then Jeff Goldblum says, Do they need all these people to film a TV show? So this is a show business job. Oh gosh, guide. is this how Hollywood works? Right. And all I could think is, though, that you know, we we have a lot of productions of film here in Albuquerque. It's true. Um, most notably, Better Call Saul. We had Breaking Bad. For, is that most notable? Well, right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we had Breaking Bad filming here for what eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we we've all the people who live here at least know that you can all of a sudden drive by what seem like. 200 people gathered in a parking lot for checkers or Sonic and they're filming one person walking six feet down the sidewalk and it's like whoa that's a lot of people just to film that and again we have hit a moment at the end of this minute where Goldblum seems to be finally having another opportunity to get out of this mess. Michelle Pfeiffer pressure. senses it. She uses it to her advantage because she she's like, all right, well, fine. See you
1: later. I'm just going to have a whole lot of fun over here painting this fence all by myself, you know, so she knows that. <laughs> he, yeah. So she knows that. Oh, wow. With this allure of the TV set and the trailers and the Binaka, like there's no way he can resist the, the allure. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, all right, well, now you're free to go. See you later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. If I give and he's you, like, "Well, wait a minute. Yeah, if I give you two minutes, uh huh, can we discuss real quick just our 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 general thoughts about the film? I'm going to go first. Thank you. I so we watched this uh, a few days ago. I I got to admit, I wasn't particularly thrilled with the movie on first viewing. There." I don't mind this type of story because I've seen it done well. And I think with some good or or more um, aggressive editing, this might be a better film. I think with a more propulsive story rather than it coming to a rest all the time, uh, it might be a better story. Um, Goldblum really isn't given much to, to work with, to be that variation on himself in this film. It's almost like it, maybe it was too early in his career that John Landis didn't know how to let him stretch out more. Um, and ultimately it's really difficult to do the thriller comedy hybrid that That's a really difficult um, style to do because you're going to have those tonal shifts. And there's a moment in the film, I won't ruin it, but where, I mean, someone is essentially, we get to see someone murdered in a horrible way. And then it wants to pivot from that to something kind of funny and then back to like the aftermath of the murder. Actually, this happened several times in the film. Yes. And... That, I don't know if I've inherited this from my father, but I remember watching similar movies in, with my dad and he would be like, that I don't know if you want to mix comedy in that. So that might be a little just, that might be a little bit of my sensibilities. Um, but I, yeah, it, it's just tough. It, it's, but I, I, I think there's a better movie in this movie hiding somewhere, um, that that could be more like an after hours or what? what's the other one we kept referring to? I will blind always date. go back to Blind Date because Blind,
1: date, blind yeah. date has two people who are exuberant. Kim Basinger and Bruce Willis McCullough, Wayne. <laughs> Bruce that's McCullough. I of, yeah. But I mean, OK, so this movie into the night is full of cameos. Yes. Which are meaningless to They're the meaningless viewer. They're meaningless to the viewer. They, so,
0: they, they meant something to John Landis, but right. yeah, that's mistake number one.
1: And that seems to be the whole purpose of the movie. Like yeah. it is like Blind Date has Stanley Jordan and that's novel and neat. Now that's not a cameo. The guitar He's player. He's a guitar player. Yeah. And, uh, he did so this like two-hand tapping yeah, technique. Yeah. yeah, And so they go to the studio. That's like, this is I totally like. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. This is like Bruce Dern. <laughs> Bruce Willis's party piece that he's going to take his date to go see Stanley Jordan in the studio, you know, mm. which that that's a baller move, that's you know, pretty cool, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's charming, and he's got that. What car did he drive in that movie? In I,
0: blind I, date, yeah. I and like seen she, that years. Once <laughs> she starts
1: drinking, she goes crazy, and she starts trying to rip the nose mask off the car, and he's like, "No, no that's a four hundred dollar bra." Blah blah blah. Okay. Um, you know, it's got the car, which is kind of neat. She's always like, "Oh, it's such a pretty car." Um, that's a dead on uh, <laughs> Kim Bassinger. <impression. laughs> yeah, I should be on oh, thinking that. of Bassinger. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> mind. And uh, the judge who shows up later in the movie is the guy who did the voice of Kit in Knight Rider.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, uh, from uh, Magnum PI. Yes, exactly.
1: Um, and so that's fun for a viewer to see. Right. And uh, you know we get some more like racial stereotypes in there. They yeah. run into Japanese businessmen in the right. restaurant, and that's an eighties. Kim Basinger enlightens them on, oh, we have equal gender rights in our country, you know, which is a nice moment. This movie has like some negative gay stereotypes, some yeah. negative like you know we've got some Arabs who are doing crimes. Well, the Persians, know. I know, but I mean, does that it, it's matter? That, to the it's viewer? that vaguely. <laughs> yeah middle east yeah we've got persians in a gold mercedes you know it's just not very enlightened it's not and i think you ultimately you hit the nail on the head with the tonal shifts like i'm not going to watch the murder that we watched and then be charmed by how cutely our Uh, protagonists get out of a jam afterwards. Right. Um,
0: That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I I, knew it because that
1: is the ugliest part of the scene and then we're supposed to like I I don't know what we're supposed to do with that. It's kind of when I gave up on
0: on the movie. And
1: it's not like a dark noir. It's not like a dark comedy noir kind of thing either because it's also meant to be kind of
0: this whirlwind like pulled into somebody else's world kind of thing. Right. Um, Which I think it accomplishes that. The, The one thing this movie accomplishes and again other movies are like it as well. Is taking the the normal buttoned up guy, and 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 it's kind of like manic pixie dream. Yeah, doll, but, but, it, element, but but exposing it, him to like all these like crazy the the crazy underbelly of all these subcultures and all these weirdos. But, it, but instead inhabit, of
1: ramping it up and being intriguing yeah. or exciting or propelling you to the next thing, we get like a a, a monologue from David Bowie which yeah. is cool like that's an interesting character but does nothing to like again we just watched buckaroo bonsai in the yeah. eighth dimension and my appraisal was that it's not greater than the sum of its parts
0: it, it is a it, yeah that we both came up with every one of its parts are really cool and then at the end it just sort of adds hangs up to there. nothing almost yeah.
1: and that's kind of how i felt about this movie because we have amazing talent like seriously, and there's a couple of scenes where even Michelle Pfeiffer and Goldblum with very little to work with are producing something really cool. Yeah. Um, so we see that happen and uh, the scene, no, I, I don't want to give away, I don't want to talk about any other scenes because really other people should have fun with them. So it's, this is a really, really strange movie. And yeah. I applaud the people that chose to do a, min, a movies by the minute podcast on this because it is, it is unique. Um, it, and it's I, very of its time, for right? sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it doesn't add up to a good movie for me. Yeah. Um, but it is really a curiosity and there's a lot of things I would like to, you know, foist on people, have my friends over and watch it because I find it really compelling or intriguing or interesting, or it hits a certain aesthetic right on the head. But, um, uh, but I, I, sometimes I just have to reel myself in and say, Rudy, just because you are, you know, attuned to this weird thing doesn't mean that people are going to enjoy watching an hour and a half of it, you know? Mm. Um, Emilio Estevez in in Wisdom with Demi Moore, for example. like That is something that really hits the nail on the head with a particular aesthetic for me. Not a good movie, though. So I I have made my friends watch that movie, and I might make Chris watch it someday. Uh, There's a lot you could have fun with. I mean, it's a fun movie. Some Mm -hmm. of it was even filmed in New Mexico, believe it or not. Um, But uh, ultimately... Uh, the movie does not add up to much, and it doesn't end up being very likable it for flat. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just a little slightly unpleasant. I wanted more of some things
0: and none of other things. Blah blah blah. It, it'd be interesting if it was made without John Landis having to feel the need to have all this support mm-hmm. through all these cameos because of the problems he was he was experiencing. Um, whether this would have just been a tighter film, right? You know? Yeah, more more consistent. You yeah. know. But it's all the cameos that make it interesting as a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Movies by Minute podcast, uh, did you know that there are over a 100 other Movies by Minute podcasts available? Not so special now, are you? (laughs) At moviesbyminutes.com. And listeners should go check out that site for more great shows. I agree. Go make your own. Make or it a hundred and two. make your own. Yeah. Uh, check the site. Make sure it isn't taken. Or do it looks. Uh, what you're I all don't for care competing podcasts? How or, is it a
1: competition? Well, I'm going to do you, my own
0: Star Wars minute. Good. <laughs> it's like literally, I wouldn't. I, I couldn't add any or yeah. I wouldn't do
1: Star Wars whether or no. not somebody else had done it. I'm just saying if you are passionate are about two whatever it is minutes
0: happening right now. By the way, they simultaneously two what? Predator. Huh. It just happened to. You know, it was just a uh, yeah. Yeah. fortuitous. That's right there with
1: my commando raw deal. Yeah. Um, Predator. Yeah, Predator. That's right. In that I think Predator has
0: more of a It's a profile. much better movie. Yeah. Much better movie.
1: Uh, I, I would say don't let somebody else making the podcast stop you from making yours. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: just in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, let's uh Remember that up. podcast? Don't make open the podcast doors, Hal?
1: That didn't stop us from making open the podcast door as hell. Yeah. We went
0: ahead and did it anyway. We went ahead and did it. So you can find the Into the Night podcast on iTunes and Google Play or at the main site, nightminute.com. There's several different social media destinations for this podcast, including The King Lives Listener's Limo on Facebook. And also on Twitter, you can find this podcast at Night Minute. For our podcast, the 2001 podcast, uh, we're at Open the Podcast Doors Hal on Instagram, at 2001 Podcast on Twitter. And we have Space Station 5. That's our listener society. And that's on Facebook. And I think that wraps it up for our week. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, get ready for episode 36 of Into the Night. We will see, see you next Wednesday. Do we
1: thank you or what? I say I fall in the "or what category.